It's a busy time of the year for many of us, and perhaps you're struggling with overwhelm recently, or maybe you feel out of control already. On today's show, you'll discover how to maintain control when completely overwhelmed. This is Coaching for Leaders, Episode 104. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help people be better leaders through improved communications, human relations, and personal productivity. And all of those come into play when we're overwhelmed, but particularly personal productivity. And this is the time of the year for a lot of us when overwhelm shows up in a big way. I am so glad you've joined in for the show today. And if this is your first time listening, I'm so glad to have you. And if you're looking for some resources on how to maintain control when overwhelmed, stick around because this show hopefully will be helpful to you. And the reason this topic's come up for me this week is because I was overwhelmed, and I think it's a time of year when a lot of us are overwhelmed, at least up here in North America. It is the end of summertime. A lot of uh, you know organizations are kind of ramping up for the last part of the year. Summer vacations for a lot of people are over, at least in this part of the world. Uh, families have kids that are going back to school, and even those of us who don't have kids going to school or uh, or aren't parents, I think it's that time of year when things kind of ramp up again, and it tends to be a very, very busy season, particularly this first week of September coming up here. But you know, regardless of when you're listening to this, it is uh, it, you may be going through a busy time right now. And so I think that it's good for us to reflect and take a few minutes to think about what we can do when we are completely overwhelmed. And I definitely hit this this past week, not not quite at that overwhelm level, but man, I was hitting up against it just about all week. And the last week of August is always a busy time for both Bonnie and me and our family, even more so now with uh, having a baby in our lives and having another one on the way. Because uh, professionally, uh, I typically am in a couple of day-long meetings or an annual meeting every year with Dale Carnegie. That almost always is the last week of August. Uh, it also al- almost always happens to be the first week back teaching of the semester for Bonnie at uh, her university. And so she's not only uh, in her first week of full teaching again, but she's also going to a lot of university meetings, the beginning of the year, student convocation, all of that. Uh, in addition, now we have a you know a little one at home, uh, you know, Bonnie's pregnant, going to medical appointments. I started teaching another class this week. It was pretty chaotic, and it really required us to do some thinking in advance and some planning uh, in advance of this week. But also during this week, it really required us to change some things up and be flexible. And that's something that I think really is a challenge for a lot of us is that when we get in these overwhelmed situations, I know for me at least, when I have that feeling where I'm kind of like a deer in headlights, I just stop. At least that's what I do. I don't know what other people do, but I, I stop and then I'm not productive at all. And I just I end up doing things that just aren't at all going to help me to make more progress or I end up you know staying up too late or working too many hours. And that isn't effective. And so on today's show here, what are some things that we can all do that will help us to maintain control when we're overwhelmed. Now, the first one of these is to know what's important. Now, that's 
sometimes hard to do in the midst of overwhelm. In fact, I would argue it's almost impossible to do in the midst of overwhelm. Uh, you know, it's one of the hardest times to have perspective when we're completely stressed out, when we're working too many hours, when we've got too many things going on. And so that's one of the reasons that you've heard me many times on this show talk about and speak to the importance of values and knowing what we value, knowing that uh, the things that are important to us, we're hitting on pretty consistently. And so that's where we think about things like family, our our work, what projects are most important to us. Um, and also just knowing what is important as far as each week, each month, and what's part of our annual plan. Hopefully we have some sort of plan as to the things that we want to get done. You know, for me, what I do is I keep a list, and I'll tell you about some of the tools I hear, use here in a minute, but I keep a list on my task management program. And the things that are most important that I'm usually working on over the couple week period, I just have a little, there's a little star or a flag next to them. And there's a digital button, you know, a little button I can push. And there's always five or six things that are flagged on my task management system. And so those are the things that I know are the most important right now. Those are the things that even if I'm not working on today, I know within the next couple of weeks are things I need to be working on. And I need to schedule time and make time for those things to happen before they become pressing deadlines. So the very first thing, of course, is taking some time to understand and appreciate what's important. That may be, that's certainly part of your values, but it's also just knowing what are the four or five or six things that are most important that need to get done today, this week, this month, whatever time frame it is that we're planning for. I like to think of things in weeks. For me, an individual day, there's too many things that can change or go differently or things that can come up in my schedule where if I plan out each particular day too much, it, 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 the schedule gets thrown off almost immediately. And for me, a month is too long because that's just that it's just too far in advance to be thinking through things and things are always going to change uh, over the long term anyway. So I like to think of my productivity in terms of weeks. So that's what I tend to plan for. So the other thing that's really important for all of us to do is when we get in the stage of overwhelm is to get it all out of our heads. And someone that I, uh, you know, a book that I read a while back is David Allen's book, Getting Things Done. I've mentioned it on the show before. And one of the things that he is a strong proponent of in his methodology uh, is to get everything out of your head. You know, a lot of times the reason that we get into overwhelm is we're trying to maintain too much thinking about all the things that we need to think about instead of freeing up that mental, uh, that memory space in our brains to actually do work and to be productive. And I've definitely been there. I bet you have to. We've got so many things in your head that you just don't know where to start or something happens or someone interrupts you and you start moving down another path and you never really make progress on the things that day or that week or that month that are most important. And I think that this is particularly challenging the more intelligent that you are. And I say that because uh, people with really, really good memories and high levels of intellect, uh, I'm not arguing, by the way, that I'm necessarily in that realm because I forget things all the time, but I've seen, I've had many clients over the years that um, you know, really, really, really smart people and that almost works to their detriment on time management and planning because they can keep so much in their heads and they have a great memory and they utilize that memory that they end up putting so much in their head that they don't free up that space to do anything 
else or to be able to be very productive with much else. So one thing that we should all aim to do is get it out of our heads. So there's a bunch of different ways you can do that. And here's some tools that I use and you might find helpful to you as well. So one thing that I I try to do now, and I'm disciplining myself to do this more and more uh, since I've discovered this app uh, about a two or three months ago is there's an app, at least on the iPhone. I don't know if it's on any of the other platforms, uh, but there's there's definitely comparable things to this out there. There's a little app called Drafts, D-R-A-F-T-S, that's on the iPhone. And I use this app and what it is designed to do, it's designed to be just a quick entry app. You open it up, it opens up a new text document and you write in whatever it is you need to write in and you hit save or you hit next and it goes on to the very next note. And you can sit there literally and just kind of type through 10 or 15 or 20 ideas. You can just keep saving little tiny notes. And I have a reminder on my task management list twice a week to go in there and to clear those out. So that way, if I am somewhere and I think about something that's really important or I think about something I've forgotten, or these days I actually, I'll be somewhere and I'll have an interaction with someone. I'm like, oh, that would be a really good topic for a podcast or an article I'm writing or a video. I'll often pull out my phone, I'll, I'll quickly tap in that idea in the Drafts app, save it, and I'm done. I don't have to worry about keeping that in my head or trying to remember it later because I don't. <laughs> my memory used to be better. I don't know what's happening, but uh, I don't remember it. If I don't write it down, it is gone. Or worse, I do remember it. I shouldn't say worse, but I do remember it. And then I'm just thinking about that. And I'm not thinking about the thing I really should be thinking about in that interaction with someone else or wherever I am. And so I found that it's also a really good way to stay present in a situation too. And particularly, this has been helpful as our family's growing here because uh, I don't want to be sitting there thinking about other things when I'm interacting with Luke or Bonnie. I want to think about the thing that's most important to me in the moment. So I try to get out of my head and I put it in the drafts app. And then I'll go through a couple times a week, as I mentioned, and clear that out. So I mentioned the task management app. I use a task management app called OmniFocus. I love it. It's a great program. It is not the uh, most cost-effective program out there. I say that because it is not cheap. Um, I don't know the exact price. I should have looked it up before I uh, started the show here. Um, It is a Mac-only app. So for those of you who are PC users, this is not going to be a good option for you. But Mac users, OmniFocus is a great app. They have a version for your desktop. They have a version for an iPhone or an iPad if you use those. And I found that to just be really helpful for me as far as managing my tasks. But there's not anything super fancy that OmniFocus does that a lot of other task management programs don't do. It does do a few extra things, which is why it's a little more expensive. But um, there's some great programs out there. For example, Bonnie uses one called Remember the Milk. Uh, which is also equally good. It's web-based. It has the nice thing about Remember the Milk is it has platforms for just about all of the devices out there, PC, Mac, Android, iPhone, whatever you've got, Remember the Milk's going to work on it. And it's fairly inexpensive. Uh, Even the uh, paid membership's $25 a year for Remember the Milk. So it's a great time manage a task management app. And so I really encourage you, if you're not already using some sort of task management system to think about utilizing some tool or some resource that will help you to do that. By the way, you can use paper and pen too. So it doesn't have to be something that is, um, it doesn't have to be something that's software or digital. I like that because I can sync across all my devices. So it doesn't matter where I'm at. But if paper and pencil works for you, that's great. And I use that too. Um, When I'm in meetings with people, I don't like to have a device in front of me. I don't like to have a laptop and open in front of me when I'm meeting with someone or, or I'm sitting and writing notes uh, in, in a, you know, a staff meeting. I want to just have pencil and paper because that for me is just, 
it's helpful for me to be able to show that I'm present with the other party. And so I keep a Moleskine notebook and I will record things in there that are important to me. And I'll go through regularly and see if there's any action items in there. And then I know a lot of people, I don't use Evernote. Um, I have used it in the past more actively. I know a lot of people use Evernote these days. It's evernote.com. It's another great place to jot down notes. It doesn't matter what the system is you use. Use the system that's going to work for you. So whether it's something like drafts or Evernote or if it's a paper and pencil, find someplace to collect all the things that are going on in your head. Because if you can do that and you get it out of your head, you're going to get a lot more peace. Uh, I know I had a, a situation happen. I had a crazy week a couple of years ago. I was just completely overwhelmed. It was Wednesday or Thursday of a week. I remember I was I had one of those times I was just completely overwhelmed. Uh, you know, I wasn't being productive on anything, didn't know where to start next. I shut the door to my office. I pulled out a yellow legal pad. I turned off the computer, turned off the phone. I pulled out a yellow legal pad and I just started writing all of the things that came to my mind that I needed to do anytime that next week or that month. And I made an entire list on paper. And it was the kind of the first time I'd really done a brain dump like that. And it really uh, helped me realize the value of doing that. Because as soon as I did it, I felt so much better. And you know what? I discovered the list wasn't anywhere as long as I thought it was. And that's one thing that a lot of times happens when we get everything down on paper, then we can start prioritizing and looking at what we should do first. And you know what? It's just so much easier to make progress on something because I don't have to worry about worrying about all the things I'm supposed to remember. I know it's in my system. I can just work the list or I can work the system. So this brings me to my very next point, which is plan the work and work the plan. This was my mantra last Sunday night because I knew the week coming was going to be busy. Uh, Both Bonnie and I knew it was going to be a really busy week. So most of the time I will sit down on Sunday night or sometimes first thing Monday morning and I'll plan out the work And that involves me doing a few things. One, I look at my task list for the upcoming week, and I tend to only put things on my task list, at least I try to only put things on my task list that absolutely have to be done that day. So if it's on Monday's task list, it has to be done Monday. If it doesn't actually have to be done Monday, it doesn't go on Monday's task list because I don't want to have a list of 40 things every day that I need to look at. I only want to see the things that absolutely have to be done that day. And that's something that I also learned from David Allen that's been really helpful for me is not keeping those task lists that are 60 or 70 items long. They keep having to scratch off and move something to the next day that you're carrying around every single day. I love having a task list that's only four or five or six things long, the things I have to get done. So those go on my task list. And then um, the thing that really challenges me is not overscheduling myself because I'll then look at the important things I need to do that week and I'll schedule those times in. So I have to really coach myself to not overschedule to make sure that I'm realistic with the time frame that I can get things done. Usually, if I think it's going to take me an hour, it's going to take two, really. So I've learned over the years, and I'm getting better at this. I'm not 100% yet, but I've learned that if I think it's going to take me an hour to block out an hour and a half or to two hours in my calendar, and sure enough, it ends up usually taking longer than I think because I'll get a phone call or something will happen, and, and I end up taking longer anyway. If you can limit overscheduling, it's going to help you to be realistic about what you can get done, and even as importantly, if not more so, is not get frustrated with yourself when you don't get as many things done as you think that you should get done or want to get done. Now, here's another thing that's so important during those times of overwhelm is decide to let some balls drop. 
you know, I, this kills me because I like to, I like to get everything done. I'm, you know, that type of personality. I have a belief that I can get everything done on my task list every single day. And, you know, I, I can't, I just can't. There, there's, there's just too many things going on. There's too many requests I get from uh, family, friends, clients, things that happen on a daily basis. And I'm just not going to, sometimes I'm just not going to get everything done. And, um, you know, I'm better now at being able to predict what those weeks will be in advance. But when I find myself getting an overwhelm, one thing I try to do now, and I did a good job at this this week, is to just decide to let some things drop. Uh, you know, we, so many of us have unrealistic expectations of ourselves of the things that we can get done. So case in point, a couple of things that I dropped this week, I've been publishing a video on the Coaching for Leaders website just about every week for the last, I don't know, two or three months or so. And uh, this week was, it was due to get some more done and recorded. And I said to myself early in the week, that is not going to happen. I am dropping it off the list. I will do it next week because it is, uh, that's just going to need to drop. Uh, same thing with me and email this week. Uh, any of you who emailed me, and a bunch of you did, uh, know that it took me four or five days in some cases to respond to email this past week. I decided to let email drop early in the week and said, you know what, I'm going to respond to the things that are absolutely urgent that come in from clients and messages, but everything else I am just going to let go and I will catch up later on uh, at some point. And I did. So, you know, it's if we try to do it all, we'll never get it all done. So we have to make a decision to let some things drop. If everything's important, nothing's important. And so we have to make some decisions about what's most important, especially during times of overwhelm. You know, can't do that every week, of course. We have to hit our responsibilities. I know I can't, for example, ignore email <laughs> an entire year, entire month, but there's times that I can let emails go for two or three or four days if I need to, and that's what I did this week. So it, it's a process of just thinking and deciding for yourself, what am I going to let go? Because if you give yourself permission to let something go when you're overwhelmed, you will find a lot more peace and you won't be trying to do 20 things at once. Now, the next piece of advice I have you, let me tell you, I struggle with this one. This is the biggest thing that I struggle with when I'm overwhelmed, and that is to keep sleeping. Yeah, keep sleeping. It is so tempting for me at least, and I, I know some of the people I work with too, to stay up late when you're overwhelmed, to work late into the night, to um, work, you know, crazy, crazy hours. And I'm not saying that there's never a time to do that. There absolutely are times to do that. I did it this week because I was struggling with this. Um, but but it if it's one thing to do it for a day. It's an entirely another thing to get two, three, four days into it. And I did it a couple of days this week. And it is so tempting to stay up late. This is the thing I struggle with most. And you know what? It's okay to do for a day, but once you start doing it a couple of days in a row, it just starts dragging on your body. And for me, at least, I don't know what's happened in the last year or two. I'm getting older. Maybe it's maybe it's being a parent. But in the in the uh, you know when I was younger, I if I had my way about it, I would stay up late every night. I'd sleep five hours, and you know I just uh, that'd be the way I'd roll. But that doesn't work for me anymore. It just takes me down if I get limited amounts of sleep. And it ends up really impacting my productivity over the next two to three to four days if I get limited sleep. I still feel it now, uh, even though I'm recording this three, four days after I was, uh, you know, started to catch up on my sleep. I still feel my energy level being low. 
And it it's just not good for us. In the long run, we lose. We so lose by losing our sleep. And so it's so tempting to do so. Um, so one of the things I would really challenge all of us to do, and I'm challenging myself with all the time, is yeah, there may be that occasion you stay up a little late, but um, have a bedtime and stick to it. And if you don't stick to it once, um, you know, be kind to yourself, but then get back on the horse the very next day because if you get in that pattern, it just will take you down. So here's the thing that I challenge uh, all of us to do, and I've started to do more, is if you absolutely need to find some more time is to get up an hour earlier. Um, you know, this is something that's kind of been a, uh, a challenge in our family is because, um, you know, we're trying to think of, I, I've been doing this for uh, probably about a year or so since, uh, since Luke was born is, um, you know, I'd sleep in a little bit later and uh, Bonnie and I'd get up at the same time and, you know, start taking care of Luke and then get to work at some point. Um, and then after Luke would go to bed, usually 7, 7.30 at night, I'd go back to work um, because that was the time of the day that I wasn't uh, going to be, you know, as interrupted. You know, I'm not getting phone calls and emails from clients during the day. So I'd, I'd a lot of times over the last year, year and a half, I'd work pretty intently from 7.30 till, you know, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, depending on the day and depending on how much work I had to get done. And you know what I discovered is I'm so ineffective late at night now. I'm so much more, because the end of the day and I'm tired. And I realized, I've realized over the last year that I work at half the speed that time of the night. And at the same time, I really struggled with getting up earlier because, um, you know, uh, Bonnie's a really light sleeper. So if I get up too early, she can't get back to sleep. And so I was trying to think of like, what's the way around this? And I, I happened across this, uh, this device on the internet that was one of these things where you put it around your wrist and it wakes you up in the morning by vibrating um, your the device around your wrist, but it's like $120 or something or $150. And I'm like, I don't need another device. And the people complained about it that, you know, sometimes it would wake up their partner. And anyway, I found this um I found this review online of someone who was looking at one of these devices and said, Hey, you know, I'm hearing in the person was hearing impaired. They said, I'm hearing impaired and I have had for years a Timex watch. It's a $30 watch and it has a little vibration thing in it and it works great and it doesn't wake up my uh, my partner in, when I get up early. And sure enough, I bought this $30 watch and I've been using it for several weeks now. Uh, I get up, I'm moving now at 5 a.m. And you know what? It's great. I get tons done in the morning now. I get tons done in the morning and then, you know, when, uh, when Luke gets up, uh, you know, I can cook him and Bonnie breakfast and um, and then get to work. And, you know, I've already been, you know, there are many, many days that I have gotten through either all my email or I've written articles or I've uh, handled a whole bunch of client requests between 5 and 7 a.m. And now in the evenings, I can rest more and enjoy the time. And so if you're going to, you know, and I'm not a morning person, let me tell you, <laughs> that is not my natural body chemistry. I love staying up late. That's one of the big things I struggle with. So, um, but get up an hour earlier. And if you say, hey, I'm not a morning person or I'm, uh, I, I don't care who you are though. If you, you're more likely to be, um, you're more likely to be fresh in the morning, even if you have to get less sleep. And so um, get up an hour earlier. And I think you'll find that even in the midst of an overwhelmed week, that you'll be a lot more effective, at least for those few minutes or a few hour or, or a few uh, or a few days that you're handling overwhelm, that you'll be able to get a lot more done. So um, the other thing, of course, is during overwhelm is to be flexible. So just as an example of that, 
Uh, I'm recording this over Labor Day weekend here in the States, and uh, tomorrow is actually Labor Day. I'm recording this on Sunday, September 1st, and tomorrow's Labor Day. And so um, normally that would be a day off, a day to rest, to relax, as it is a lot of here uh, for a lot of people here in the States. And for Bonnie and I, we're actually going to probably work during the day. And I, I shouldn't say probably, we're for sure going to work. It turns out one of our babysitters that uh, takes care of Luke often was available. And so, um, you know, Luke isn't old enough yet at this point where, you know, he knows <laughs> holiday weekends or anything like that. And so, you know, we're just treating it like another Monday. You know, we had a crazy, crazy busy week. We both have tons of things we need to get catch up, catch up on. And so we're going to end up just working that day. And you know what? It's not always, you know, the funnest thing to do work on a holiday or on a day off for everyone else. But, you know, being flexible and changing plans once in a while of just taking a day and getting things done. And I, I sometimes will advise this for clients. You know, they'll say, well, I can never get caught up. I, if I just had one day where I could have nobody interrupt me, um, where I could have nobody uh, bother me at all, I wouldn't get any phone calls. I could take care of so much stuff. I could get my life organized. I could get my email organized. I could um, I could finally handle this long-term project I've been meaning to get done. And one of the first things I'll usually ask, well, is could you take a Saturday and do that? And they say, well, I couldn't take a Saturday because that's family time. And, you know, I just, uh, you know, I, I can't work over the weekend. And I'm like, well, but how much stress are you carrying around about this? Really? One Saturday? You know, what would be, what would be the big deal of just taking one Saturday out and getting done with all the stuff that really you need to get done with? And imagine how much time, you know, you'd free up your time, you'd free up a lot of if you're, uh, the things that you're concerned about right now, your stress level would go way down, you know, just take one Saturday and, and do some work. And, and I found that if people really take that challenge and do that, I'm not saying doing that every week by any means, but take that challenge to do that, of being flexible once in a while and changing something up and maybe working a day you don't normally work, you can be so productive. And then the time that you're spending with family and the time that you have to spend uh, enjoying life is so much more enjoyable because you don't have all those things ha- hanging over your head. So be flexible. That might mean working a day that you don't normally work, but if you can do that, that is going to really help you to navigate overwhelm. Uh, flexibility is so, so important. And of course, this also goes along with having time for yourself and your family, blocking time for that to happen. And um, I did this in the past week. Um, I took some time in the evenings, even though there was time that I really should have probably, uh, probably quote unquote, have been doing something more productive. Um, you know, I was, I was getting, I've been getting up earlier. So in the evenings I've been doing, you know, a couple times this week, even in the midst of a lot of busy stuff, I took some time just to do some th- fun projects. And one fun project I do is, you know, just spend some time on the website, you know, redesigning things. And, you know, it may sound like work to some of you, but I actually really enjoy that. That's very, um, you know, it's just a kind of a very creative outlet for me. I'm not by any means a web designer. And if you've looked at our websites, you know that there's a lot of work that needs to be done still. But I had fun with it and it got me to unstress from the week uh, during the midst of a lot of overwhelm that was going on. And then Bonnie and I, uh, I've mentioned this on the show before, go out on our Sunday night date nights. And even though last Sunday night, it was right before this crazy week that we both had tons of stuff to go on, we still took our date night. We went out, we went out to dinner, we took a couple hours and just relaxed. We have to still block time for ourselves and our families. And yeah, there are days that uh, sometimes that may slide for a couple of days during overwhelm, but still block that time, do something for yourself, something for your your family. 
And one final piece of advice is if you really find that you're overwhelmed and down in the dumps is do something kind for someone else. I didn't do this this past week and I probably should have because um, when we do something, take a moment to do something kind for someone else, just sending a thank you note or making a phone call to someone or thanking someone for the contribution that they've made on a team that you're working on, that that can really uh, not only lift that person up, but it's going to lift you up too. And so um, during overwhelm, one of the things I, I try to remind myself to do is to do something kind for someone else. And if we can all remember to do that, not only do we make the world a better place, but we just lower our stress levels too and make people smile. And anytime I think we can do that as leaders, that is something that's really valuable to do. So, okay, so few reminders here during our overwhelm, what to do. So decide in advance first what's important. Know what your values are. Know what's on your list that's the most important things to do. If if there's 25 important things you need to get done this week on your list, you're not being critical enough of what's really important. Get it down to three or four things. Get it all out of your head. Whether you use an app like Drafts or use pencil and paper or use Evernote or whatever it is, get it all out of your head because if you get it out of your head, then you can use your head to really do the things that you want to use your head to do, which is really think creatively, to work hard, to uh, be able to solve problems, and that we don't have to spend a lot of time thinking about what's next because you've already got that down somewhere. Plan the week and work the plan. So take time to plan. Even if it's only five minutes at the beginning of the day, or if, if, it's, if you do my system where I take more like 20 or 30 minutes, a larger time, but I do it once a week, of figuring out what needs to get done and, you know, people always say, well, it never goes according to plan. Of course it doesn't. But if you go into the week with a plan, then uh, if it doesn't go according to plan, you have something to adapt from and something to work from. And yeah, it's going to change. And worst case scenario, if the entire week's plan doesn't go as planned, at least you know what you didn't get done versus just feeling overwhelmed and feeling like you got nothing done and not being sure where to start next week. So even if the plan doesn't happen at all, having the plan is a place to start. Decide in advance to let some of those balls drop. We can't do everything uh, most weeks, but especially during those weeks of overwhelm, there are going to be things that are going to drop. I would really challenge you, if you're going through overwhelm in the next week or two or whenever you're listening to this, is let a few balls drop. Decide in advance you're not going to try to do everything and just let those things go. You'll catch up to them later, and if they're important, you'll make sure to get back to them. Keep sleeping. Do as I say, not as I do. I'm getting better at this, but it's challenging. Uh, keep sleeping. Hey, even if you miss a, a day or two once in a while, get back on that sleep schedule. Have that bedtime if you can do that. That's going to help you. And if you need to, get up an hour earlier. Change your schedule. Try something different if it's not working for you. The more that we can all be flexible and try something that is going to help us to work better. You know, if something's not working for you, try something different. That's the old definition of insanity, right? Ex trying the same thing and expecting different results. So if you've got something you've tried for a long time and you're it's not working for you, you're just getting mediocre results, try something else. Worst case scenario is it ends up going worse and then you know your system you had originally was probably the best system or you can try something different, but be flexible, be willing to change. And then of course, make time for yourself, your family, and do something kind for someone else. And if you do uh, even just one of those things on this list, I bet you'll find that that overwhelms a little bit less. And you know, there's still going to be weeks that are going to be overwhelmed. I'm still tired from last week, but because I did many of the things on this list in the past week, I was able to pick back up very quickly, know exactly where I needed to start this week, 
and not lose control over all the things that I needed to get done. So I hope that this advice is helpful for you, and I'd love to hear about what you use. So go on to the website and uh, please leave feedback for this episode. You can uh, leave audio feedback at coachingforleaders.com slash speak. That's a great way to uh, call in a comment, question, or feedback about anything related to this episode or anything related to the show. You can also reach me by the voicemail hotline at 949-38-LEARN, or you can email me feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Hey, two quick announcements before I let you go. A reminder that the show's feed has changed. What's a feed? Well, that's the thing that delivers the podcast to you each week from whatever uh, app or device you subscribe to the show on. I mentioned before last couple episodes that this shouldn't affect most listeners. Most people should switch over automatically. But if you're on Windows Phone or Xbox and you listen through that way, just unsubscribe from the show and resubscribe. And a reminder for our BlackBerry listeners that you are going to lose the feed here probably within the next week. So if you haven't already, unsubscribe from the show and make sure you resubscribe to the show called Coaching for Leaders in the BlackBerry Directory. And uh, for anyone, if you stop getting the show at some point in the future, it's not because it went away. It means because your feed may have been out of date and maybe it didn't transfer over automatically. If that happens, just go back to wherever you've subscribed to the show on, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or wherever, just unsubscribe and resubscribe. As soon as you do that, it will reset everything. If you're running any problems with that, send me an email, feedback at coachingforleaders.com, and I'm happy to help out. And hey, a final reminder, today's the last day. Uh, it's September 2nd, 2013, that this show is airing. The LinkedIn Citrus Challenge from episode number 101 is uh, due today. So you can still connect with me on LinkedIn. You can connect with me on LinkedIn even after this uh, challenge is over. I love hearing from folks. In fact, I had so many people connect with me on LinkedIn in the last week or two that I am still catching up on messages. I've, I've almost completely caught up. Uh, back to my earlier point about getting uh, too many uh, or getting uh, caught up uh, or <laughs> leaving email to the side for a few days. Um, but I love hearing from folks. And one of the reasons I took some time to delay getting back is I really wanted to uh, engage with everyone online who connected. So I definitely will send you a note. So be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. But if you want to be in the Citrus Challenge from episode 101, uh, connect today and send me a message on LinkedIn saying you're entering the contest. And I will have the results of that contest on the show next week on episode number 105. Someone is going to get a box of oranges. So there you go. Hey, uh, thank you this week to Amab Banking, Danielle Naranjo, and Agata Jansinka for subscribing to my weekly article this past week. I publish a article each week that will give you a booster shot between shows, help you to lead better by giving you some actions to improve your communications human relations, or personal productivity. So if you'd like to get that, go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. It's a great way to join the community. And if you're listening for the first time, I hope you do that because you also get access to a video overview on 10 books that will make you a better leader. And a lot of the principles that I spoke about in today's show are in some of those books. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. And if you have any comments, questions, or feedback about things you'd like to see on future episodes, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email, feedback at coachingforleaders.com, or hop onto the show notes at coachingforleaders.com slash 104. That's a great place to engage this week. Have a great week, everyone, and uh, take care.